3: Welcome back tribe from the north brave and bull to the official unofficial podcast of your idaho vandals and your vandal affiliate on the big sky podcast network I'm your host chris hammond and joined with me today. I have the best of all time. Alex the boat boatman. How are you doing?
0: Alex? Fantastic. I have a question though. How's my haircut look got it today brian? I know you commented last time. I want your opinion
2: I like the, there's a little bit of a swoop, even though the hair's short, mm. but the, the, I don't know if it's the camera that accentuates that, but you look like you could be a, the guy who sings our song, Alex. So maybe that's what we'll tell Terry next time she's on. Alex sings it. He moons light. as a kind of punk artist. You can see him in any karaoke bar, pound in Montuckies, just give us your schedule.
0: Perfect.
3: Yeah, and uh, you just heard from him. That was the Professor Brian Marceau, but we didn't hear how you were doing, Brian. How are you?
2: We're talking about the team that's not my team, so I'm doing great. (laughs) And
3: running the show from the shadows, Producer Dallas, how are we doing, Dallas Hammer?
4: I am fantastic. So you guys don't know this, but my birthday is Friday, and Idaho gave me the best gift Mm -hmm. of all, Idaho football. The day after my birthday. Let's go, boys.
2: Well, hold up. We got to touch that.
4: We got to touch that. He
2: didn't even talk about his actual best birthday present. COVID gave him Idaho, Idaho versus Montana State men's basketball Friday. Come on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> How crazy would it be if that's what we got you a win for your birthday against Montana hey. State, a surging team in the Big Sky basketball rankings?
4: I would shit myself. <laughs> terrible way to
3: spend your birthday but let's see you, if it can happen. You heard
0: it here first folks.
3: You heard it you heard it here first and shortly we will be joined by the spokesman review uh Eastern Washington Eagles beat reporter Ryan Collingwood will be pulling him in here later once it's about time for him to come on. Um so that's going to be uh pretty awesome for us but uh, you know guys I'm just not feeling it, the energy right now. <clears throat> Turn the volume down for you at home. It's freaking time. We have football in four freaking days. That's my favorite number. That's we got birthdays. We got favorite days. We have Vandal football. Holy crap. The fact that last week, 363 days ago, Brian and I were previewing the wide receivers for you. We did two position previews before we got to talk football. Do you know all the stuff that we as a podcast had talked about in the off season to bring you guys for football season? And we had to shovel it. I am absolutely amazed the amount of content we were able to pull out of our hat to survive this pandemic as a podcast. Uh, I think probably the only Big Sky Podcast Network affiliate that did weekly shows from basically March to may took our normal june off got right back into it in july and ran a full freaking schedule um so i just want to say round of applause to us guys for making it here and let's get into this let's i think celebrate. we have
0: shelved some content too like we could have had more interviews we, if we have really wanted to like it's
3: lined up we've gotten people yeah. now they're like dude i want to be on uh we've got yeah. ed hardy i believe that's trying to come on um like we've got or Daniel Hardy. Wow, Ed Hardy. Uh, but we've got you got you guys knew what I meant. Um, Eddie Williams. Eddie Williams. I, I,
0: yeah, I confused Eddie Williams and Daniel Hardy there He's for a combined, second. Um, I wish they were a combined player. That would have been one hell of a player. Yeah.
3: So I'm just, dude, I'm stoked. And it's just time crack a Montucky cold snack because there ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack. An ultra refreshing light beer, born in majestic big sky country. Best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Sporting organizations like the C.W. Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American logger for pow-pow rippers, gator anglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get... Yeah, ass some snacks. For those of you joining us live on YouTube, that eye contact. I have done that ad read so many times without football. I got to memorize now. But it is a freaking week one. We have football. Holy shenanigans. Holy catfish. Holy whatever you want to say. I think this is a family show. It might not be a family show. Check for the explicit rating if, <laughs> if it's there. But uh, we'll try our best to keep this family friendly. But it already. is
0: already. <laughs> My bad. Fork and
3: Vandal game day four days away against the eastern washington beagles which is a great way to probably intro this to is it a rivalry mr marceau the son of an eagle and well eagles and grizz who happens to be a vandal is this a rivalry
2: Absolutely. It's a rivalry and evidence I'm going to give for this. And, uh, you know, we've had some inconsistent attendance in football over the last couple, the last few seasons as football hasn't been stable for Idaho. But I'm going to say, you talk about basketball a few years back when Idaho was a different story. Eastern was our second best attended game over Montana. Eastern Washington certainly can get fans out. And as far as energy in football, I'm, I know that Idaho State is the team Alex talks about Idaho players being kind of most like magnetized towards, and I 100% buy that, Alex. But I also know that relative to teams Idaho plays, there's actually a ton of antagonism that comes across Mm -hmm. in like newspaper quotes from both Idaho and Eastern Washington about things like one side saying players are dirty or something like that, or players saying they've got their eyes on the game. So I know we, we call it the Red Scare rivalry, but I've got no reservation saying, you know, yeah, sure, it's not Boise State, Idaho, duh. But is this a version of rivalry? No question. And in my mind, does this game mean more than Idaho and most other teams? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, I know I know I talk about Idaho State, but I think that kind of stems from a, a little embarrassment in 2018. And so that's kind of where that comes from. But this one, man, um players get up for this. Uh I, I you know I'm still friends with some of these guys on Snapchat and Instagram and things like that, and I, I see their stories and uh, some things are said uh, about Eastern and what and what Idaho is going to do to them from these guys and their personal stories and there's no love lost here. Um, it's it's that team. If You ever grew up and you had a, a high school team, a crosstown rival, things like that. Boise that's high. what this is. Yeah, this is this is your crosstown rival. Um, and even I though Wazoo Wazoo's closer. Um, but this this is just some kind of crosstown rival. Um, really close. Don't get much closer than this, in, in, in Division One football, honestly, in terms of location, guys love this. Um, it's gonna be hotly contested. I know Eastern has some uh, things to play for after last year, but I know Idaho all continually feels disrespected, even though Idaho beat them last year. Uh, and I know we, kind of, Brian, we talk about whether it was domination or what happened. Uh, it was an outright ass kicking for about three three quarters. Um, Idaho still felt slighted after that for some reason. I think uh, Petrino has, is has a, is a chip on his shoulder kind of guy, and he makes this team a chip on his shoulder kind of team, especially when it comes uh, to the pretty boys from Up and Genie. That's kind of how we always we always feel about him. So,
3: well, with uh, Ryan Collingwood, we're waiting for him to join the lobby. I figured we'll let uh, we'll let loose after serving his suspension. Dallas Hammer, your opinions on the rivalry.
4: I promise I'll try not to swear uh, in however long I go here. Uh, I would completely agree with you guys. This is a rivalry. Uh, it might be one that's just kind of burgeoning and growing, but it's it's certainly a rivalry. Uh, I went to the 2018 game that Idaho was down 31-0 at halftime. Uh, I went there with a good friend of mine. I sat right in the middle of the Eastern cheering section, and I got ragged on for... The entire first quarter and then after that everybody kind of felt sorry for me but at it was it was electric uh it felt like a rivalry game should uh you know it was good natured but uh walking through concessions i was getting ripped on by every single eastern fan there uh and then obviously beating them in the dome last year the the fandom has definitely come along at least to me and my experiences people are starting to realize hey like like alex said These teams are an hour and a half away. Uh, You don't get a whole lot closer than that in in college football. And it it seems to me from watching these games, the players are kind of believing that too. Uh, I think that being down, I think what, they lost 38 to 14 after scoring with what, 26 seconds left or something like that. Uh, Getting crushed in 2018. Idaho wanted revenge for that last year. They got it. Playing twice this year is going to be huge for developing rivalry, just the more you play, the more you're going to start to just hate those guys.
3: Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I was on the presser today and Brianna green, who's a, you know, um, news person out in the Spokane area, kind of usually covers more Cougs and Eagles. Um, she keep bringing it up. She said, her questions were always this rivalry. Talk about Eastern, talk about this. What's the energy need to be. It's starting to become a rivalry from both sides. And I'll say personally, me, I'm still not sure where it ranks on terms for me. I feel like since coming back to the big sky, maybe it's just the fact that we've had better back and forth with probably Kyler Um, lots of fun. The Grizz fan guys are the same, but I feel like Eastern is the team in the big sky. I definitely root for us to beat the most, Mm -hmm. um, which I know historically would be Montana Um, in my dreams. It would be Montana, but maybe I see the potential of the Eastern game where Eastern doesn't care about Portland state. Uh, they're going to be tired of being second fiddle to Montana every year when Montana is going to always hate Montana State more, which is where we're at. We're never going to get back to where Montana hates Idaho more than they hate Montana State. Montana State has gotten to a level now where that is their game, their Super Bowl. We were gone for 25 years, and it flourished in one of the best rivalries in all college football. Can this become what Idaho wished Washington State could have been? Can this be, I know they're not technically the Palouse. They're just right outside of it, but 77 miles separate these two teams. I think the only two teams, there's two matchups closer in the big, uh, big sky. I believe it's Ogden and Pocatello and, you know, Sac State and UC Davis. Otherwise, this is an extremely close matchup. It's going to get heated. And I think the fact that Idaho won last year helps it on the other side because this year I feel way less heated about it than I did after the 2018 result. And I think you see Eastern Washington people having the exact opposite effect where they're really pissed about how last year went. And so they are excited to take the gridiron again in the same place. They got their teeth stomped last year and get a shot at it. Speaking of last year, let's get into last year's result. Um Ended up being a, oh God, I just lost it. A 35, 27 win for the Idaho Vandals. Uh score game- deceiving. Yeah, this score is deceiving. Idaho was up, I believe, 28-7 uh, at one point with like 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it was really a, we took the breaks off. Paul Petrino classified it in his press conference. He said, I started play calling conservatively. You don't like to hear that from the head coach, obviously, but there's something to be said with the fact that we were not used to playing with that big of a lead, especially against a team we knew could come back against us. This wasn't Western New Mexico State. This wasn't Central Washington. This was the Eastern Washington Eagles that at the time were the number 11 team team in the country that came into our house and we were leading. We definitely let let off the horses offensively. We definitely let off the horses defensively and just started sitting back, which let Eric Berrier really take control of this game. Going into halftime, Eric Berrier had 20 yards. 20 yards. We were absolutely rolling. Paul Petrino is on record saying, that this is the most he's seen a team click and roll since the 2016 Potato Bowl, which ironically had a very similar ending. Absolute butt-kicking, but when you look at the final score, it doesn't reflect that the same way. And I said it on last year's podcast when it ended. uh, I said, I believe if there was 10 more minutes on that clock, Eastern probably doesn't even take it to overtime. They just straight win the game. The way Idaho came out in the second half was not how they came out in the first half. But either way, they were shocked. You watched the post-game uh, like replays with Dylan Ledbetter, um, and, uh, Eric Berrier, and Aaron Best, and the Kibbe Dome Bowls, and they were just like shell-shocked still on their face about what had just hit them in the face. And People don't remember, this put them at 1-3 and three going into conference play. This was not how Eastern saw their out-of-conference going. Uh, it's so it, They did not plan to lose to Jacksonville State. They did not plan to lose to Idaho. They planned to beat their D2 team. Now, here they are at 1-3, and three, and they had a very uphill battle, almost salvaged the season to be able to make the playoffs, but a loss against northern North Dakota probably is the reason they did not make it. Um, sorry, the loss against Sac State, uh, and then they ended up losing it out to North Dakota, but all, in all Eastern was still a good team last year. They were seven wins. In a down year, winning seven games is something that a lot of schools wish they could have. Um, but all in all, just a huge day on the ground for, for the Vandals, uh, able to keep Eric Berry relatively in check. Uh, and we'll see if we're able to do it this year. Uh, Boatman, what are your, your takes on the, uh, last year's matchup?
0: Yeah, I remember uh, this is one of the, actually, this is one of the only games I was able to go to live last year. Um, and I remember I just came out of the gate. It, it reminded me exactly of 2016 and where we were just really, we were up by a lot, you put the coasters on and even though you say like if there's 10 more minutes we lose, but we also, it's a 60 minute game. It's a four quarter game. Petrino probably has not called the game that way. You know, if things continue to go on. Um, but, um, offense clicked defense clicked. Charles Ocano lives rent free in Eric Berrier's head as he should. Um, I hope they still have nightmares about this game. Um, it, it was, it was great to see. it was one of the only games where we saw our offense really click last year. Um, yeah. We didn't even we talk did. about Chuck Ocano had, I think like
3: eight quarterback hurries last year. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it was insane.
0: Yeah. He lives rent free in Eric Berry's head, and he's going to be seeing number seven, come off the edge a lot. Madam um, on Saturday in the Kibbe Dome 3 PM Pluto TV SWX. Don't forget that. Um, you know, and our offense was was not great last year in terms of its production. Um, this beats their this we beat our average last year. So I don't know how much that says about our offense being that great, or how much it says about Eastern's defense. And they're going to point a lot to they were really hurt this game. They're really hurt. They're really hurt. Everyone's really hurt. Four weeks into the year, um, bodies not take it. Let's see what happens. You know, week one of the year when when we're also really healthy.
3: Yeah, that's the one part that doesn't cover it. Idaho had four starters out as well, two of which on the defensive side of the ball. And it was not our defense that was struggling. Our defense, with two backups in, was shutting down Eastern Washington's offense at the beginning. Um, I know Brian Marceau has a really good take here, so I kind of let him have it on kind of why Eastern struggled out of the gates. And we'll see if that is, uh, you know, but cover that from last year, and then we'll kind of start getting into this year's matchup.
2: Well, this is the reason why I – Look, if we give, if we try to give a Eastern centric kind of take of the game a little bit, there's no way they're going to say that Eric Barrier, uh, that uh, anyone on Idaho is living rent free in Eric Barrier's head. He had four touchdowns against us. If that's a not that great game, then I guess we, we should expect the Walter Payton Award from the dude. But the thing that I, I bet, do you not Eric expect Berrier, Walter Payton Award from the dude? Well, I, I expect he'll be in the, in the running. Yeah, but the say. thing that should be <laughs> running through Eric Barrier's head is Aaron best is look. He's been on the record a thousand times. He wants a balanced offense. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but he went for the most brain dead version of a balanced offense against Idaho. Eastern ran, rushed 32 times for 95 yards against us. A ton of those rushes came in the first half where Aaron best seemed like his goal was to get Eastern into third and long. And you know what? He did a great job of getting Eastern into third and long a ton of times. Eastern aired the ball out a lot more in the second half. And to me, again, if you're an Eastern fan, that's probably what you point to of part of why they – look, Idaho certainly played well, no question. I'm happy we played well. I am a Vandal, even though I'm talking Eastern. But the second half, Eastern kind of abandoned the run, relatively speaking, and that is where they found success. And even though you know Idaho certainly did dominate for three quarters, Barrier still passed for 365 yards and had four touchdowns. That, look, we never, that is the only game we have even comparable to that from Mason Petrino last year is the Northern Arizona game. And for Barrier, over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns is uh, not, it's not shocking to see that. So from the Eastern end, I think that's what they're going to be more looking at is, is Aaron Best going to be so damn committed to establishing the run that he is willing to throw away half the game again?
3: Uh, Dallas you got any takes on last year's game
4: yeah I would agree with Brian uh the, the sort of the devil's advocate I would mention here is last year Eastern had a dude uh Antoine Custer finished just outside the top 10 in in rushing in the FCS uh r- r- you know rushing yards per game uh rushing yards completely uh was I think 11th in touchdowns, uh, second team, all big sky. He was one of the best running backs they've ever had in their program. Uh, They don't necessarily have a stud this year. uh, So it will be interesting to see if that continues, but that is kind of, I think why a lot of the game was so balanced last year. They were trying to feed that stud. Uh, Maybe not the best idea. I think that we all kind of agree that, when you have a potential Walter Payton guy at quarterback, probably the most athletic quarterback Eastern's ever had, and they've had some, some very good quarterbacks, you probably want to throw the ball a little bit more and stop being so balanced. Uh, but at the end of the day, their offense was still one of the best in the FCS. Uh, so game plan not great last year, uh, but looking towards the future, I don't know if we can quite expect Aaron Best to make the same mistake twice.
3: If we do, they will be calling for his head as much this year as they were last year. Um, so let's let's talk. I saw Ryan Collingwood just try to get into the lobby, so I'm assuming he's close. which is the perfect time to talk about Ryan Collingwood on Twitter today. Uh, actually released uh, the two deeps for Eastern Washington uh, going into this week. Notable absences linebacker Sendelbach, who's a captain. Uh, uh, also two of their top wide receivers in Boston and Edwards, and then they have 10 freshmen that are on the two deeps. Um, so let's actually bring in Ryan now to talk about that post. Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, fellas. Sorry. I was layout. I, I was in a podcast with Ryan Divish at the Seattle times and uh, my reading comprehension is not great. I, I thought it was <laughs> Thursday, so I apologize for screwing you guys there on that one. So
2: anyway, what's up? Well, before yeah. you know, you're gonna you can make up for it easy, Ryan. We already talked about boatman's hair, but I feel mm. like there's been uh, a follicle adjustment in your life, too.
1: Oh, no, that's a stress, guys. <laughs>
3: that's
1: uh, that's
2: like George Clooney coming on, but uh, uh so
1: midlife crisis, um,
3: yeah. Uh, right, so Ryan, we were actually just talking, um, the result from last year 35.7, uh, seven or sorry. 35-27, Vandals over Eastern Washington, and we're about to get into your two deeps. Do you have any takeaways from last year's matchup real
0: quick?
1: Yeah, basically, Idaho just punished them. I mean, you look at what they were able to do, uh, and you kind, of, you kind of see Idaho was smart. I think they kind of knew there was some vulnerability on the on the, on the first couple of levels there. Uh, you look at uh, Chris Ojo and, S- and Sendelbach were gone. and Idaho, those guys ran hard, and then, and then they ran so hard that, that – When Mason did find some space and open, I mean, they were like, you know, it kind of opened up for him to find a guy like Cotton. So when you're able to attack the middle like that so well, it'll open things up, and that's just what they did, and it it worked out for him.
3: Yeah, Cottrell Haywood and Jeff Cotton had huge games over the middle, uh, which was something that Kyler Neal ironically said on our podcast last year was if Idaho's going to beat us, it's going to be over the middle. And sure enough, yeah, they just pounded the rock and uh, it, they pulled it out. But looking into this week's matchup, um, you just, you got a hold of via uh, Eastern Washington's two deeps, and there mm-hmm. are some notable absences, including uh, a captain and Sundelbach again, two of their top mm-hmm. returning wide receivers, and a lot of freshmen. Um, what's kind of your takeaway on this? I know we've heard uh, historically Eastern likes to play a little bit of tricks with their two deeps. <laughs> <laughs> But what's your initial kind of takeaways of the two deeps going into the game?
1: I think they look about what I expected for the most part. I mean, the the surprise to me was the freshmen, that many freshmen. But the way Eastern does it with the second guy doesn't surprise me because they'll put a lot of just random guys at the second guy who don't play anyway. But um, considering all the new faces and all the things they're tinkering with and just what we're going through as far as just, how they're approaching this and their attitude about it, it, it. Nothing's really crazy here. I mean, I think the volume of freshmen. Uh, some of those names that were gone. Uh, you know, I see uh, Boston, Edwards, and Sendelbach. But who and who the hell knows what that's all about? It could be nothing at all. I don't know if they were maybe they got COVID positive. Uh, maybe you never know. The spectrum's endless, really. So. yeah, and I don't really have access to practice uh, like I used to have. So they call it a bubble. They don't want me to pop the bubble, but I I don't know what kind of bubble I can pop from about 100 yards, 50, 50 yards away in the freezing ass cold. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to dump, but you know, uh, and and we're allowed to be there once a week, every couple of weeks for the warm-ups and stuff. But even then, I can't really gauge much. Um, it's just different, you know, so I, I kind of just chalk it up as a, as a standard 2020, 2021 20, 20 thing where it's just weird and we can just hope it gets something back to normal come fall when things are normal. But, but like you mentioned, but as far as the, uh, the too deep thing you mentioned here, yeah, nothing too insane really. I, that's about what, the lines about who I expected to be there defense, uh, you know, pretty, pretty Outside the freshman who I, I can't gauge, I've never seen him play football before, uh, pretty normal. I mean, back at quarterback situations, it, it's always been Gunnar Talkington, but they have guys who are just as good or better, I feel. Yeah, I don't know if that's just harder. like a, that's a loyalty to him or what. Running back, uh, let's look at here, Merrick Pierce, that's legit. I thought uh, De- Dennis Merritt was a guy who started the first two games last year for him last year, kind of more about – more of a scat back type. He started at Washington and he started the, the, the game against the D2 school. They smacked and then he got hurt and he's back. So I don't know where he's not, why he's not on there. Um, uh, but Pierce is good. So he'll be a guy. Who, if he's healthy, he'll be good for them. And I appreciate you bringing this up. Cause I was, well, I was about to scramble trying to find that damn thing. I was, but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Um, Oh, shoot, we're kind of working our way down here. Uh Lemu, Lemu Jones was a guy last year. I thought toward those last few games, and a lot of it had to do with playing just horrible defenses. I mean, those you guys saw the, the teams and his numbers. Those teams are bad on defense, but he <laughs> but you, you, you can only control who, you know you can't control who's guarding you, but he looked good against those those teams. And Freddie Roberson was a guy that you know in flashes he was good, still. I keep hearing things. I mean, I, as far as Twitter BS or whatever, I keep hearing things about this Efton Chisholm kid, this true freshman kid. I I keep hearing that he's like the second coming in Christ, and by Christ I mean Cooper Cup. I keep hearing this, so we'll see. I guess, guys. I don't, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I have no idea. I guess. Well, I, we'll know a lot on Sunday, huh?
3: Yeah, that's very true. So I've got. So the one thing that I took away being vandal and seeing Ty Graham, right? We play Ty Graham as a safety kind of hybrid linebacker role. We also run a 3-4 defense, which kind of allows you to play a little bit around with the athletic ability of your linebackers. Um, starting him in what appears to be on this, now I get this is totally going to be scheme, and they are not probably going to stay in a 4-2-5 all game, especially as we covered. Last year, Idaho beat them running the ball at them. There's no way you're going to run a 4-2-5 if 6-1, 240-pound running back Roshan Johnson is going through the gap. And the guy there to meet him is six foot, 205 pound Ty Graham at linebacker. So uh, I think a difference is Chris Ojo being back that helps. But to me, that just seems like a really weird setup to go. And I don't know if it's just an oversight on the guys releasing it to only provide two linebackers and uh, five DBs. But to me, that's what stood out is Ty Graham is an extremely athletic dude, but I don't know if I want him there. It's just, one of two linebackers,
1: yeah. I mean, they'll use they'll use their rover, the guy they have who's essentially the Ty Graham of the, the Vandals, basically what he was for them. But it, Ty, I mean, Ty, I don't know if you know Ty's pretty big now. Have you seen him?
0: Pretty no, big. I right, mean, he's so, probably
1: put 15 pounds since his Vandal
3: days. So that's the that's the uh the 2D lie right there at six foot 205. Because I saw that, like, he probably like. What?
0: It, he probably play at two fifteen.
1: He must have the leanest two hundred five body ever. You know, I mean, I mean yeah. it must be like single digit body fat. I mean, if you're
0: doing <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I mean, Chris, real quick, though, I'll jump in. Um, so yeah, so Ty for us, he he kind of backed up K. Nellis at Sam, which is our strong side linebacker. Um, but Ty would also get put in, in packages if we're going to maybe go to nickel and then play that that um, that kind of rover nickel safety hybrid linebacker person. <laughs> That's a very Diluted Nate way, but that's what Ty, Ty did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, that was Ty's spot. But he would also play Sam. If you see Caden, Caden would line up at Buck sometimes. And our three four is pretty much just your base. It's a it's a four three with a standing defensive end, which becomes a linebacker. And his name is Charles Ocano and Eastern fans know him well. But mm-hmm. Caden would also play um, Buck sometimes, and Ty would go play Sam. But you know what's what's Ty listed at again? Six six foot two oh five. All right, so if he's listed at that, you. He, you know, you might have an opinion on Ty and his size. Ed Hall lined up. I'm taller than Ed. I'm one, So Ed was six foot. And Ed, on a good day, probably come October, was probably only weighing 210. Doesn't look like it because he's so cut, but um, Ed never played over 215. Okay. So sometimes speed kills. And real quick comment on Ty, we're in 18. Uh, I love that. And if people know why, um, that was Colin Sather's uh, number at Idaho when he passed away and that's why Ty wears 18. So that's kind of a little known reason why he wears 18, but yeah. So shout out Ty. Um, I'll be sitting five rows behind him, but just barking at him the whole game. Cause I uh, yeah. played three years with him. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks,
1: Ryan, for the story, uh, thanks for the story idea.
0: That's a pretty cool note there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ryan, follow up
2: question that Dallas actually talked about earlier. Big question for Eastern is you guys lost Antoine, Antoine Custer, one of the best running backs in the FCS any um, I maybe you don't know because how you talked about practices are but <laughs> do you expect to see a little bit more split s- split carries this year than we saw last year or is Tamarack Pierce though he's listed number one is he yeah. gonna just step in like Antoine Custer did
1: no it's gonna be pretty spread out and that's the reason they struggled last year is that it was so loaded um if you look at the 2018 team they really there was like those three dudes or sometimes four dudes that got the Got the ball, they spread it out pretty well. Uh, this year, if if Pierce is healthy, which he looks like he is, he uh, Dennis Merritt, he looks healthy. The Pariah kid's serviceable. He he runs hard. Uh, there's a kid named uh, Isaiah Lewis who actually got some a lot of carries last year. That he all of a sudden kind of disappeared from the team, like just disappeared, and then he came back this year. And then they got a kid named. Uh, I keep hearing about this Justice Jackson kid, true freshman. I keep hearing about him. So uh, I was talking to the uh, O.C. last week, and he was telling me, like, it kind of reminds him more of 2018 because they were able to use different guys, different formations. But it, it looks like – but Tameric Pierce is the one guy they can keep there in and, and just about every formation, and they'll be fine. Because he's – he's obviously he, – he, he runs hard, but he's got he's – he's a burner, but – deceptive burner. I mean, he's not like some dude. I mean, even Ant- even Anton Custer wasn't a burner. He just he he was just a sharp runner basically. But um but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I I do expect them to uh, uh spread it out a little more among the carries. I mean, you probably see five guys and I, and I'd be I'd be surprised if you see a guy with more than more than like 12, 13, 14 carries a game. Um
3: so you've hit you hit on a lot of people. Um, in your opinion here, who are gonna be Eastern's key players um that Vandal fans should be aware of heading into the matchup and will probably have big roles in this game?
4: Uh
1: obviously Eric, you know, the way he's played. Uh I think after a year, we're that that offensive coordinator. Um it should help. I, you, you can kind of see last year the growing pain between the OC and him, and you can point that to was that really a thing between him and the OC with the competition? Because Eastern went on a roll at the end of the year last year, but they played some teams that weren't that good either. So was that was that fluidity at the end, or was that just worse teams? You know, so, you know, who knows, right? Uh, yeah. But in Idaho, I think Idaho is a good. Uh, barometer because they were decent, you know, they weren't great. They weren't horrible. So, and I expect that right off the bat. So we'll find out quick, you know, but obviously Eric, um, Andrew Boston and Lumi Jones, those guys are good. Those guys are good receivers in this league. Those are all conference receivers in this league. So, uh, but as far as the offense goes, I, just kind of getting back into that RPO, like a normal letting Eric play true RPO football, if he's hanging out in the pocket, I mean, we saw what happened last year. They had this, they had the same offensive line from 2018, 2019, but they gave up like four times as many sacks, same, same dudes. And they played worse teams and they had way more. Sacks. It was like the weirdest thing. So obviously that was a scheme thing. Cause a lot of those sacks were, were QB sacks. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah. the line, you know what I mean? So I think it's just if like back to Eric. So if Eric is, doing RPO football, the true stuff that he was doing where he was playing a little more like in the second half of the Idaho game last year, where he was playing more freelance. He was good. So I think on offense is Eric, the receivers are serviceable. They're solid. Uh, The running backs are, you know, they're solid. There's no one bad there. The line is so young. The line is so green. We'll see what happens there, but key players, Eric defensively, um, the defensive line again, it's it's gonna be they're even smaller than last year. I mean they're not. I think people don't underestimate. Are, are not thinking about Eastern's D line. It's like they lost dudes and they weren't that big last year. I mean they get the Justice Warren kid from UW. Maybe he's legit. I don't know. I've never seen him play really. So there's just so many damn question marks. I wish I could tell you guys more uh, um, based on just usually I can go out this practice, use my eyeballs a little bit and be like, okay, this guy looks better. This guy looks like, you know, he's healthy and uh, this guy's getting reps here, here, there. But, um, but as far as individuals, obviously Eric on offense, defensively, and you mentioned those linebackers, like you think, if you think Ty is not big enough to kind of take it to their run game, but I think between Ojo and if Sandelblock is playing, I mean, he's more of a run stopping guy. So Last year, I th- I thought it was the linebackers. I mean, I think if Ojo and Sandelbach play that game, they plug those gaps a little better, and, and things are different. So, which is which, which pretend it's the same scenario? Even though the quarterback, I expect Beaudry to be better. That's going to open up their offense a little bit because I mean the guy, sure he played D two football. He played. He got reps. I mean, if you you got reps playing football, D two don't matter. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Good d 2 And we saw the Central did the U- Idaho last year. They played them like somewhat respectable. So mm-hmm. pretend that's Western Florida. You know what I mean? And then at UConn, we got more reps. So, but yeah, long, sorry, long winded there. But basically, yeah. uh, Barry on offense and the linebackers on
3: defense. Yeah, as, as Brian likes to say, uh, we, we have you on to fill space. So <laughs> all of our guests are always like, sorry for the long winded answer. We're like, nope, that is why you were on. People get tired of listening to us. Um, So we'll go key players for the Vandals now, guys. Uh, I'll take the easy one, Charles Ocano. Can he have a repeat performance um, to what he had against Eastern? And I know that's weird to say because it's not like Charles Ocano only played good against Eastern and then fell off last year, right? The problem is he's coming back from, a, I believe it was an Achilles injury, so not exactly super easy to come back from. Now, if he comes back, and he is healthy, is he going to look like the Charles O'Connor pass, the guy who had eight quarterback hurries, the dude who had 13 and a half tackles for loss when he got hurt in week eight and still held the tackle for the loss record in the FCS until week 10? Is that the Charles O'Connell we're going to get to see? Because if it is, he'll be somebody to be reckoned with. Boatman?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of going to go out of the way here. Um, I'm going to name someone the Eastern fans should know, Logan Kendall. <laughs> Idaho's fullback tight end. Someone we failed to mention on our preview show last week, but I think it's uh, to stress how important Logan might be um, for Idaho on Saturday is the O-line for Idaho this this Saturday is going to be largely unproven. A lot of first-time starters. Um, they've already named two starters that were not with the team last year, and they will be starting on Saturday, and they haven't named starters for two other positions. So when you need someone to rely on, rely on your 6'4", 264-pound brick of a fullback and tight end who's pretty much is an extra offensive lineman and tough ass dude too from Cheney so he gets up for this game and then I'm going to switch to the defensive side I'm going to say Awan Parker corner Um, things I've heard from him from people inside the program is expect good good, big things out of him how does Idaho cope with the loss Lloyd Hightower who was pretty much our entire secondary last year um, our entire secondary production targeted very few times but then also was like third in the conference in past breakups, but barely targeted. Um, so how do we replace our, one of our weaker spots? Um, the depth at secondary, but one name I'm told to look out for, Awan Parker at corner.
3: Yeah, I just got my photo credential today. You better believe I am going to be watching Kendall coming up from fullback and tight end to that linebacker level and see yeah. if I can get a snapshot of him and Ty. 6'4,
0: 264. That's a big dude. Dude, and just that's two, two Cheney
3: boys. Like that's a picture. You just has to happen. So uh-huh. Paul, run it. At least one play with him at fullback. Split that line. I want Kendall on Graham. Snap it. First quarter. We're over. Then let the game continue. Brian, <laughs> uh, what's your who are some of your key players? Uh, Go with since I guess Bowman went with two, so I guess we're just naming everybody. I'm gonna be
2: real sophisticated, and I'm gonna say, yeah, dude, the new quarterback. Every (laughs) every team except Eastern Washington has a new starting quarterback for for the spring season, and Idaho has a guy who, like Ryan, correctly referenced. He got reps at Western Florida. He was a starter at UConn before he went down too, so he certainly has seen the field against you know D1 athletes and high end D2. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, a new guy for your team, this is probably you know as good of a situation as I think there there is, other than maybe Weber State, where you just need to not screw it up. Um, and <laughs> definitely Mason Petrino, who a person. Look, I've said this a thousand times. I'm ecstatic that we've moved on from that era, and I think a million vandals are. Uh, Mason had one of his two best games against Eastern last year, and it wasn't a secret for Aaron Best and co that Mason wasn't going to air it out and it didn't matter. He still, still did in that game. He look if, we, look, if Mason played like he did against Eastern every single game, people like me would have been real happy last year. Um, but, you know, Beaudry can spread the field. So if – I mean, if we're going to see Idaho's offense a little bit more dynamic, um, this is – this is maybe a great place for us to look. Ryan already talked about how Eastern's got some pretty big questions on the D line. Uh, maybe that kind of helps us out with our questions on the offensive line. And then just again, super sophisticated guys. I'm going to talk about running backs for a second. We don't have Andre Carter, but Vandal fans know uh, Roshan Johnson's back. Uh, fingers crossed that, you know, he he can stay healthy this year. Nick Romano is back as well. Those two are pretty dang good one, two punch, but we also have got guys like Keon Martinez, so in short, I expect we're going to see a pretty spread out workload from the Vandal running backs, but I guess that's what I'm paying it, that that's what I'm paying attention, man. The new era at quarterback and uh, how really I think running back is going to be interesting to see how we spread spread the reps out because that's you know that's one of the brain dead positions that you really would probably be uh, concerned about entries for heading into the fall season not too long from now.
3: Yeah, and just to put it in perspective. Since we just talked about it, Mason Petrino ended with a higher quarterback rating, a higher completion percentage, and also accounted for three touchdowns uh, to one turnover when Eric Berry accounted for four and one turnover. So when we talk about Eric Berry and we talk about Mason Petrino having one of his best games, he absolutely played on par with Eric Berry in that. Now, Eric Berry ended up throwing for 300 plus almost 400 yards. But yeah, it's... When we talk about Mason Petrino last year, there was a hot minute where we were like, is this what we are going to get the rest of the season? Because Mason Petrino had arguably better than, I know NAU statistically was better. Mason Petrino played a better game against Eastern Washington last year. Uh, Ryan, any key players for Idaho you can think of that you want to let the listeners know about? I think bo- Bogey's a good one. Just
1: because uh, Eastern's corners last year got torched a lot. Um, they were getting They were getting better as the year went on. So, they're still relatively young. I, they, uh, to me, they're still not proven. And I think of a guy like Beaudry can sit and just shred. Um, and, and Idaho's got experienced receivers still. So, I think he'll be key. I mean, if, if Beaudry has the confidence right out of the gate, first game with the Vandals to start just flinging it on those guys, uh, that could be a big deal for Idaho.
4: And then your lineback- your
1: linebackers are legit. So I mean, shoot, Walker, freaking Ellis, you know. I mean, Kono, those guys are no joke.
0: that's my favorite name to say now. Five, five, five. Yeah, I
1: mean, mean, you you guys guys guys. have three. I mean, that's the that's the best that's the best group of linebackers in the league as far as just um, on paper what they've done collectively. You know, I mean, I mean, you you could argue some a Weber group or an Eastern group or something like this, but as far as just what they've done. And I mean, you can't really go against that group for you, for for Idaho.
3: Yeah. All right. Moving on to keys to the game. We're going to go around the circle. Everybody will give one uh, Eastern Washington as the expert, Ryan uh, will export more so than us for sure. Uh, so not
1: these days. Not these days.
3: <laughs> yeah. From the limited bit of practice you've been able to <laughs> see in the 400 days since they've last taken the field. In your opinion, what are the keys to the games for the Eastern Washington Eagles?
1: Um, I think uh, turnovers. I mean, typically – I mean, that's so that's a lazy-ass answer, but the, but the way – in the games they uh, got smoked last year or struggled, they they would have two quarters. Or they, they played just one really bad quarter where it was like, holy crap, these guys were ranked in the top – FCS top 25. Like, wow, these guys are terrible. But then the other three – they played okay, but um, probably turnovers. You know, uh, Barrier, there's, there's times where Eric looks like, you know, second coming of Jesus, and then there's days where he, he disappears, throws it in the dirt, and you're like, what? This is the guy we've been talking about? Like, wow. But, but you know, growing pains. I think last year was an adjustment, adjustment for him. Obviously, the guy's a talent. So uh, I'll keep it simple and safe and just do the – do what coaches do to us when we ask questions when they're lazy. I'll say, Oh
3: man, yeah,
1: it's funny how you can flip it on them sometimes, huh?
3: Right, but, yeah, uh, exactly.
1: <laughs> but then, uh, defensively, pressure I mean, they're gonna, they gotta be that teams against them last year kind of just could do whatever they wanted almost. Like, I mean, there were times where, I mean, the. Not the they had good they had good football players in the defensive line they just weren't big you know and, and that Keith Moore guy was their best defensive tackle by by far best defensive tackle they had he's gone so they're gonna plug in some other dudes and this justice warren guy we'll see they got him Miss Johnson he's good but if they can I mean Baudry hasn't played a snap in a minute, you know what I mean? The guy's been hurt a lot, so if they can get in his head quick and just you know breathe down his throat, he might be a little timid. You know, but or or they let him just shred them and uh, and have a you know a repeat of the 2019 season for Eastern.
3: Yeah. Which side note, real quick, that I actually learned today on the the presser, Paul Petrino on the presser today said if someone asked, I think it was Peter Thamel, if uh, if Beaudry goes down, who's the number two? And he said unequivocally C.J. Jordan. So I don't know where that puts Nikhil Nair, but we could be seeing Jordan day one. I mean, fingers crossed. He doesn't get hurt, obviously, but I thought that was weird. I thought he would definitely go with the Nair move. Um, But Mr. Marceau, what are your, your keys to the game for the Eagles?
2: For the Eagles, it's look. there's two matchups that teams need to exploit against Idaho. Our offensive line is a question mark. Alex already touched on it. A lot of new guys and our secondary secondary was, for the last couple of years, if you're, if you're going to isolate which part of our defense teams can most easily exploit it's a secondary, no question. So for me, I am curious, is Aaron best going to do that repeat? We saw of last year where he is so committed to establishing the run. He's willing to throw away two quarters. Um, if, if look, I mean, if best is willing to do that again, then I wouldn't be shocked if Idaho doesn't actually have that, that rough a time. And we see a little bit of repeat of last year, but we, we, We're going against the single most experienced quarterback in the league who's no question going to be preseason player of the year, no question going to be in the preseason Walter Payton Award discussion. Uh, Ryan, which I have a question built in here that I'd love to hear the answer from, we've been told that, you know, Barry had a little bit of injury issues like with his knee last year and that's alleged to be better and that's part of why there's a little bit more attempts to have him as a pocket passer last year instead of, you know, a lot of what we saw in the championship run um, I don't know how correct that is, but just quick shout out to Kyler Neal from the Eagle Power Hour. That's been his take. But mm-hmm. if um, if Eastern can exploit on on the offensive end, Idaho's secondary, and if they have what it takes to exploit us on the offensive line, that's what's going to let them control the game. Uh, conversely, though, if Idaho's able, if their line can can hang hang on long enough, and if we can if we can establish the run and dominate the dominate the clock like we did the first half last year, then Idaho should feel pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The injury thing, that was, that was, that was a, a thing. I mean, that football season seems like 10 years ago, dude. It seems like it's, right. <laughs> it's
4: basically uh, two seasons ago. <laughs> it,
1: uh, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, he, uh, yeah, there was, there was talk that they kept Barry a little more kind of locked in the pocket. Uh, because it was cause of a knee injury, but that they told us that at the end of the year. I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, because maybe they were protecting him, maybe not. Like it was just, I, I couldn't tell. What, I couldn't tell what was up, up or down that year, and I, I still kind of feel that way out there a little bit about what's going on. But, yeah. but I think they did. I think Eric did mention towards the end of the year that he did have some some a little bit of dings there,
3: but how substantial, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boatman, key to the game for the Eagles.
0: Yeah. Um, can they put their their off-season uncontrollables behind them? Um, we've talked about – I've talked about this. Eastern had a tough time with when it came to doing workouts, practicing. Idaho, meanwhile, had easier times with workouts throughout fall. They got their 15 spring practices in in the fall. Um, I, You know, just the way the rules have worked. Eastern had three coaches leave the team a couple weeks ago in the middle of fall camp – spring camp, whatever you want to call it. Um, so can Eastern kind of put those behind them where Idaho has that advantage already going in? And then another key to the game is um, put put Eric in a position to succeed. Um, if if they want to win this game, if Eastern wants to win this game, just let Barrier be Barrier, Play to his – call to his strengths. If they let him be him, um, even no matter how good the defense is, it's sometimes hard just beating someone that talented. So that's, that's Eastern's keys of the game.
3: Yeah, my, my key to the game, the rounded out here is going to be what do we see from Eric Berrier? He has been noted sometimes to maybe lack of a little bit of fire, a little bit of that natural leader, the you know, the guy who's gonna be running down the bench, getting people's faces, saying, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, the Patrick Mahomes, the Kyler Murray type, where he is he is the energy for the entire team, not just the offense, not just the skill players, the entire team. And we've heard that Eric kind of sometimes shies away from necessarily maybe being as outwardly during the game. He's more of an internalized guy. Um, I want to know, is Eric Berry going to be able to come out here and be pissed off about what happened to him last year and that he had basically almost let it come back in two quarters. Are we going to see that Berry? Are we going to see the first quarter Berry? I think that's, what's going to be important for Eastern. It's going to rely on what Eric Berry they get. Do they get the guy who's thrown in the dirt and shows no energy and no emotion We're gonna have somebody has a fire under their butt. Remembers that he went to a national title game just two seasons ago, and is absolutely probably the best player in the FCS returning this year. Who are we going to get? Yeah, it's kind of
1: like did you guys watch Jacksonville State? I mean, you probably not, but did you guys? No, I did. I had that on
3: and the Idaho Wyoming game. So that was that's hardcore, bro. That's hardcore. Um, (laughs)
1: uh, I'm saying that basically. I mean, you saw those first three quarters. He looked like. The Heisman trope like they should have bumped him up to the Heisman and FBS those first three yeah.
3: quarters, and then and then it fell apart. The humidity had, or whatever.
1: They had 12 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 12 yards of offense. It was crazy.
3: And I think I think last year what happened was it took halftime for him to really like come back, reassess, and come out a different person. I'm not sure if he has that ability to on his own between offensive drives, be able to find that spark. Um, Cause I think you brought it up in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville state. He just never, a drive did not look like he had it. Like that whole fourth quarter, he did not have one bad drive and then came back from it. He had a bad drive that just compounded to the point where they lost and they were up big at one point in that game and it just slipped away from him. And I don't know. That's, that's what I'm curious to see out of Eric Berrier and switching keys of the game to Idaho. Uh, it's the complete opposite for me. And once again, I'm going to be the emotional pull here. How does Idaho handle not necessarily having the same chip on their shoulder that they had last year? Yes, they still have a chance to uprate or upset a top 12 team, but they're not coming off just getting kicked in the teeth in 2018. Uh, they're coming off feeling high. Like we took care of these guys last year, we did it good, we were down four starters. Like, how are they going to handle it? Are they going to allow Eastern to come up and just punch them in the face early? Because if they do, I have faith in this team, but I don't know with how many new faces we have on offense if we're going to be able to respond well enough. I don't know if we have an Eastern in us. Then the second half can come out and be able to put enough points on the board to make it close. I think if Eastern gets out to a 28-zip lead on us, it's not going to be like last year's game where Eastern came back. Expect this game to end very poorly for Idaho, something like 50-14. to Like I don't think if we get punched in the face we're going to have the same mentality. So we need to come out the gates like we did last year, that we are the Kings, we want this game, and we're more ready than they are. I just hope they don't ride on their laurels about what happened last year and let that get to their head where Eastern has that chip on their shoulder coming into this year's game, and they take it to us because I'm not sure we'll respond. So I need the immediate emotion at Idaho. Do they come out with a fire? Boatman?
0: Yeah, um, you kind of, kind of kind of took one of mine, but uh, in the sense that I I don't to play pissed off. They need to take on the uh, the persona of, of Paul Petrino. Um, I know exactly what his pregame speech is going to be. He's going to be pissed off. And he's going to want to fight someone. He's going to talk about you haven't got to play football in over a year. I know I'm pissed off. I know you're tired of hitting each other. I know you want to hit someone else. Let's go hit someone. And put him in the put him in the dirt. That's in, in, a, in a few four letter words thrown in there too. That's that's what you'll, you'll hear from a Petrino pregame in the team room. Um, but I don't need to play pissed off. And I think this team actually has a good uh, a good balance of of confidence, but also still feeling like with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're getting some praises, some, but also they're being told, "Sorry, you're still not as good as Eastern. Hey, you beat Eastern last year, but sorry, they're still a touchdown favorite than you this weekend in the dome where you have fans and they don't." Sorry, Idaho, you're still a touchdown dog. By the way, the line is six points from Vegas. I had to go check. I was curious. Over under 62 and a half. So do with that as you will. Um, But another key to the game, it it starts and ends up front. Um, Idaho controls the line of scrimmage they win this game. I mean, in controlling the line of scrimmage, Matt is determined by how pissed off you are. Idaho plays physical. Uh they use their body size advantage, they they use their defense and front advantage, they're gonna win this game. Um so if they play pissed off and they control the line of scrimmage, yeah, vandals. That's that's how they win this game.
2: Marceau. First is is the Idaho offense that everyone expects to be more dynamic with bodreens that one again, we're finally out of the era is the offense actually going to be more dynamic real question of if we capitalize on talent reason I say that is Idaho in the first two years in big sky absolutely earned the reputation of showing up for some games and mailing it in for others when we were nowhere near talented to mail it in. I'm going to walk through a couple games last year. This is the last year's Idaho team barely beat central Washington at home and then should have beat university of Wyoming in Wyoming, we follow that week up. We beat number 11 Eastern Washington and then face plant in the long grass of Greeley and follow that week up by hanging with Portland state and follow Portland state up by throwing up a big zero points at Portland state. Sorry, Weber state. We hung with Weber state number four in the nation at the time. Then we go to Portland state and score exactly zero points. So we've seen, there, there's some belief that what Idaho needed was to get more guys who knew they were signing up for an FCS program to be completely bought in. We're in year three. If this we're going to see that, we should absolutely start to see that this yeah. season. And I, the the follow up to me there is this is going to be the same story that follows Eastern and follows Idaho. If there if there's any question about Aaron Best needing to prove something this year, there's no one in this conference with more to prove than Paul Petrino. We're two years into what I believe should be radically underperforming our talent. We have a ton of returners, including the easily best linebacking core in the league. We have strong running backs and we finally have a quarterback. He's got to do something with that talent. Ryan.
1: Making me me predict the game.
3: Uh, Just just the Vandal key to the game.
1: Oh, okay. No, sorry. I got got a little sidetracked there. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. I think it's it, it's like what, what Boatman mentioned there. It's up front. I mean, uh, you look at you look at the, the offensive lines. I mean, the the, the both lines. Uh, the Eastern's lines are both unproven, and they're both. Uh, I mean, they, they got a lot kind of on their shoulders. I think, and I think this would be a good game to kind of a good barometer game for them because I mean, Idaho has got some youth. Some spots up front, and but uh, Eastern uh, Eastern's traditionally actually done pretty well when they had a, If you look at in the not that history means much in these scenarios, but it's, if you want to be a sports journalist referencing crap from the past, but it, you look at uh, the 2016 Eastern offensive line was like all freshmen and sophomores, and they passed for a million yards that year so. Um. Obviously, different scheme, different players. But uh, I I just think that their offensive line, defensive lines, gonna gonna dictate. that they have talent. They have proven talent on the edges. They got proven talent, skills players, uh, some good linebackers, some good safeties. So uh, let's we'll see how good those big guys are. And if they and if they're not good, we could be seeing 2019 all over again. <laughs>
3: So we don't require score predict score predictions. Uh, but if you do do score predictions, we're taking score predictions now. <laughs> I used
1: to do that. Uh, everyone got kind of pissed when I picked against their team, and I'm like, it was kind of a zero sum game for me. After a minute, so I was like, yeah, I'll just go be an obje- I'll be an objective journalist and uh, not make predictions. But um, uh, you know, I really don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, Eastern. On paper on the, you know they got the dudes, they have I mean Barry and those receivers and Merrick Pierce and uh Ojo. I mean those are those are some those are some legitimate talents, but it's it's gonna be a matter of those those question marks. I mean, how good are they are they serviceable? We'll see, but um I could see it being like a like a 35-28 game for a series. I mean, I, I'll to go with Eastern just because Berrier, you know, he's been there and done that. They lost down there. There's the whole motivation thing. But it would not surprise me if Idaho just came here and just and ran for 300 on them. Like, I, I have no idea. I, have no, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if you guys feel the same way where you kind of – we usually could put our thumb on it or finger on, on the pulse and be like, I think it's going to – but right now it's like – any, anything that happens Saturday, Saturday I'd be like, "Huh,
3: eh, that's not, man. You know, I, yeah. you're, know is, really. you're you've got a rivalry game paired with week one, paired with no football in 400 days. Like you brought it up. Like, no, we have no idea what what tomorrow is going to look mm-hmm. like, or Saturday is going to look like. Um, Brian, what's your score prediction?
2: I'm going to hang with my prediction last week that Eastern's going to hold, the, going to handle this one. I'm saying 38 31 Eagles.
0: Boatman? 28 24 Idaho in a we run the ball kind of game and hold on to the clock.
3: Yeah. And the, <laughs> I, I'm going to be the objective person here. On the, on the betting line, Eastern's favored by six,
0: correct, Boatman? Six, five and a half some places, but
3: yeah. Either, either way, I don't ever put money on my team, so I won't do it. I don't want to lose anybody their money, but uh, that spread looks pretty freaking delicious right now uh, if I was a gambling guy. Uh, my score is 35-21 Idaho. I actually think this defense has barely lost anybody. Uh, anybody that they have lost is in the secondary, which we admit was the biggest weak point last year when we brought in a lot of talent to shore it up. I think this defense is going to be better. I know this is a different opinion for most people uh, in the fact that they think Eric Berry is just going to absolutely shred this defense somehow, some way. But um, I actually think this defense holds strong, and I actually think they might have a defensive touchdown. I do think Idaho's offense doesn't look necessarily great in this game. Uh, Producer Dallas, let's get a score prediction from you. <laughs>
4: Sorry, I forgot I had to add myself to the stream there. Uh, I see Idaho winning thirty-eight, thirty-five. 35 This is going to be an offensive battle. Uh, Eastern always puts up points. Uh, throughout Best's tenure, uh, they've finished in the top 15 uh, in, in points per game uh, across the whole FCS uh, with third and second in the last two years. Uh, I mean, they've even had... Jordan West was a nice kid. Jordan West put up numbers for Eastern when he played... Uh, they're going to score points. They're always going to score points. Uh, I do think Mike Beaudry is going to play considerably better than Mason Petrino ever did. And the Idaho offense is going to look completely different than it has the last few years. But I've got Idaho winning at
3: 38-35. All right. That was Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week, week-long vacation, don't look Past your backyard venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the gem state or the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no river of no return, the salmon river canyons or the Selway. And you can even check out the special trips like they have to see the Perside meter shower camp on pristine beaches, Run amazing white water, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in history along the river, and fish some of the remote stretches of the river in the country. Uh, just bring your clothes and let HRV handle everything else. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandalowned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800 262 1882 Or check them out at hughesriver.com. Brian, for those of you that don't watch the basketball podcast, now has me in my own head, man. Uh, (laughs) Some illegal activities were happening in his last ad read of that. Um, (laughs) Corner stool takes. This is your just outlandish take. Brian Marceau, usually Mr. Sound, what is your outlandish take for this game?
2: Full disclosure, my least favorite segment. But my outlandish take is... Aaron best sees the light we've been talking about for a year now and Mm -hmm. just says, you know, hey, balance will matter in another game. We'll have a different game like North Dakota last year. We we can run it 16,000 times. He accepts what happened last year, and we see an old school Aaron out affair for three
0: the entire game. Bowman, this is one of Idaho's best three teams in the last 20 years. That is my take here so far. I, I've i been a Vandal fan since I was born in 1995. I remember a lot of these teams. Um, hard to find a team this complete. Last time you go back to 16, 17, where probably those teams were pretty complete. 09, really complete. Um, man, that outside of that, high hopes for the year. And also, Mike Beaudry, um, throws man, how, how many yards is people going throw for in six games? Was that like two thousand? I'm gonna say two thousand yards in six games. That seems like a pretty pretty big number. So we'll yes, go
3: it
2: does.
0: Uh, Ryan, you got any absurd stat? I mean, you
3: kind of dropped one earlier with like possibly Idaho having three hundred yards rushing, but <laughs> 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 we can count that if you want.
1: Uh, no, that was just uh, the spectrum of how things could go, but. Um, man, I refer- to be honest with you guys, I feel like I'm letting you guys down. I've been so in basketball. Like, I today I was trying to trying to get back in football mode a little bit. You know, it was just a we. It's just a weird time. So I feel like I. I'm effing you guys a little bit. So maybe next time, maybe next time down the road, you'll get me when I'm in football mode right? I know what the hell is going on. Because right now, I think I, out of us five, I know the least, I feel
2: like. So. Week week six, uh, luckily, we have another matchup real soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, right. You came to talk Idaho basketball. That's why we yeah Yeah. Oh,
3: I I, we scheduled you on the wrong show. Oh, I thought so we were talking about Zach Klaus's extension. Got oh, all right. That was Those words
2: hurt make. me.
3: That was a great um, corner stool take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my uh, cornerst- well, oh, I got yeah. my hair. He's my hero. That's why I
1: dyed my hair like him. I wanted to be like that. Close?
3: Now you're you need to get an oversized
2: suit, or oh, like, like like a Talking head suit. Like, oh, the man. Head.
3: yeah. that of, guy does
2: know? not have fitted suits. Wait, you got um, a pay raise
3: and still doesn't have a fit.
2: Ryan, suit. how is uh, how's your fifteen to eighteen foot contested jump shot?
3: Uh,
1: right now,
2: horrible. we I mean, not- sign I mean, you up.
1: I mean, it was never good, but it's really bad now. I mean, yeah. You, you had to ask Kootney or something back in high
3: school. Or something. Brian just had to, had to ruin the football pod with bringing up what is happening in Memorial Gym. Uh, my corner stool take was I'm just happy I snuck in corner stool takes because I know Brian had no clue that I was bringing these back. So corner stool take, you're welcome, Brian. Uh, watching the TV. We're going to pick the rest of the Big Sky. We said screw it to the FCS, especially in the spring season. If you really miss the FCS segment, we'll bring it back, but I don't think anybody will. Luckily, there's just two other games this week. Um, Weber State at Idaho State. I'm taking Weber. Boatman?
0: I'm I'm picking against the spread. This is too hard. It's too easy to pick pick straight up. Weber, 19-and-a-half point favorites. Give me all 20 of those points against the Bengals.
3: Brian making – or Boatman making his easy pick difficult because now I'm going to hold you for the spread instead of just the win. But uh, (laughs) money lines only here, but you can take a spread. Uh, Dallas.
4: Absolutely taking Weber. Not a chance that I would go anywhere near Idaho State.
2: Marceau. Landed three scores. The only intrigue in this game, by the way, Weber State, is who – we don't know who Weber State's going to start at quarterback yet, so that's interesting. And though Idaho State's going to get killed – if we're curious if we see any if we see competence out of Tyler Vanderwall that we didn't see out of Matt Struck, meaning will Idaho State continue to throw touchdowns to the other team at an unseen rate? I don't know, but I do know Weaver's going to win.
3: Ryan,
1: Weaver's look good. I, I uh, I've been I've been kind of on there, you know. Oh, uh, cheerleader is the right word. But I've been a person who's always kind of been like, they're a good program. I like how they play the game. They're physical. They, they get, I like when they play Eastern, you know, because Eastern, I mean, Eastern's got some dudes. They got athletes, and they got to play this contrasting style of physicality versus spread and stuff. And it's fun to watch. And, hope, uh, and that's why I was kind of really, I was kind of pissed off that the Eastern didn't get to play because I really wanted to see Eastern play them, you know, uh, when when they're. And they have a quarterback in there who's got some experience. they, they last time Eastern played Weber, they had Barrier, who was just—I mean, he was just thrown in there, and that, that was just tough for for a new quarterback. But um, but as far as Weber, I mean, yeah, Idaho State, uh, c- good coach, Pen- Coach Fennessey is a good coach, and and they they, they upgraded at quarterback with that Wyoming transfer. But I did, Weber, I mean, they are legit top five. I think. With the new quarterback they got, the middle Tennessee State guy, uh, they could be in a position to make that next move as a program, I think.
3: Okay. Uh, next up is NAU versus Southern Utah. For those of you that listen to Big Sky Big Takes, I'm all <laughs> in on Southern or NAU this week. So uh, I'm taking NAU here, too.
0: Bowman? NAU, seven point favorites. Give me all seven of those. Against Southern Utah, man. These are the easy lines. Vegas doesn't know what they're doing with these FCS teams, man. I swear. Dallas?
4: Same. NAU. That defense cannot be worse than it was last year. It would be almost impossible.
2: Brian? I'm going to pick Northern Arizona. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what redshirt senior, former Oklahoma State transfer, Keandre Wood T, looks like. Mm. But, you know, Southern Utah, I had to do research for Big Sky, Big Takes. Allegedly, they expect themselves to be 500 this year. So maybe DeMario Warren knows something that no one else does, or he just doesn't talk his team down. But, yeah, NAU. Hey, we covered it. You see his schedule
3: outside Weber in the Big Sky. That's what he thinks. Uh, Ryan, NAU or the Thunderbirds?
1: Uh, NAU, I like Coach Ball and um... – that Oklahoma State quarterback, wasn't he like a
3: four-star recruit? He was pretty dang good. <laughs> like, I think he was yeah. a, like a high three, but, yeah, he's 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 not going to be bad. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, no, but yeah, better than what they had.
3: Yeah, uh, and what FCS game is everybody watching? I'm watching Southern versus Alabama State. Gets the little HBCU going Friday night light style.
0: Hmm. Bowman. You know, I'm going to go with a former Big Sky member. North Dakota plays South Dakota State this weekend. Um, Missouri Valley play. Um, we saw North Dakota kind of have a shock upset of Southern Illinois last week, and we also saw South Dakota State play a really tough game against NI. against Was it U and I? Is that what they say? I always can mix up Northern Iowa and uh, Northern Illinois. Um, but I'm going to keep referencing this. As Big Sky fans, we need to watch out for what happens in that top to mid-tier of the Missouri Valley. Um, If North Dakota wins this game, they put themselves in a really good spot to compete for an at-large bid, because we know South Dakota State's probably getting one, too. So always keep an eye out. Also, North Dakota will cover the eight. That's what I'm going to lead with.
4: Love it. Dallas? Uh, I'm going to go with a hot take here. I'm not watching another game this week. The only thing I care about is Idaho football.
3: Well, there's a game Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's two other days of football, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Brian Marceau.
2: I am a, an unapologetic big sky supremacist, and based off the show we've been doing this year, I've become a little, a little bit emotionally attached to the blowout, so I'm going to pay attention to Weber State, Idaho State. Ooh, a little frisky wildcat, huh? Uh,
3: Ryan, well, who you got as your game you might tune into from the FCS around the country?
1: Uh, the Weber State game because I love them so much. According to a <laughs> journalist, cheerleads for Weber State. That's pretty funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. No, uh, the thing is I, I bring that up. I think people do believe I think I I think there are people in the eastern side who do think I like cheer for those. Guys. I mean, I I, I, I should have I, I, I phrased that poorly. I mean, I there are people in the in the Coeur d'Alene, Spokane area who don't even know Weber State's good. Like, I, yeah. I, there was a kid from Lakeland who signed with Weber State. I'm like, dude, they're three-time league champs. They're like, they are. I'm
3: like, I'm on Yes,
1: yes, I'm trying to tell these kid people in my area. I'm like, no, they're I mean, obviously Eastern, that's the people, that's the team and but Weber they they don't pay attention to like Weber and, and I'm like and obviously, because they're not in our market, no one cares. But but nah. I, if I could help educate somebody about that, they're a good program in the league. I'll tell them that. But
3: yeah. fourth but, straight, possibly this uh, this spring. No, they're a good program for sure, and I I
1: hope they've an Eastern can play against. I'm sure Easter would like another crack at those guys because they kind of uh, Webers done pretty well against them in recent years for sure.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, that was uh, our picks for watching the TV. Getting iced, Ryan. We've asked you a lot of questions. This segment we allow you to ask us anything you would like. It can be sports related or not. But you are yeah. officially off the hot seat, and you get a shove a smear off in our face.
1: Oh, uh, shmirinoff. What about? Uh, I don't think about maybe a, a, a you guys. Maybe you guys are too young for this, but you guys remember Juice J O O S E. Remember those?
2: No. If they I'm not made... drinking Montucky, I'm a little, yeah. And by the way, we <laughs> only drink Montucky on this show. But <laughs> if if I'm not having that, I'm reaching for a nice, warm steel reserve out of my trunk.
1: Uh, a steely, you can use a brown bag
0: with some duct tape right, 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 right there.
1: With a taj. The taj, though, right?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah gotta buy a Taj.
1: Yeah, yeah only the taj. no, uh, no, juice was uh, J O O S E, it, it made four loco look like. Like Gray Goose, like it, <laughs> 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 like, it, like it was so bad. It, but it got you hammered for two bucks. It, it, in my younger days, um, that was the way to go. Uh, but anyway, i to ask you guys, um, shoot, what do you what do you guys think of Eastern? Just kind of from a cursory uh, from a cursory knowledge, you know, I'm just observing the you know, you guys seem like you, you're pretty in tune to what's going on, but uh, based on what you've seen with your eyeballs, what you've read, common sense, perception. Basically,
0: your uh, athletic department, or just football. Football. Yeah, exactly. we'll, keep, we'll keep the football today.
3: <laughs> uh, for me, I'll start uh, – I mean, I know they're good, right? I was at the 2018 National Championship game when they played North Dakota State, um, sitting on the eastern side. Like, I yeah. know they're good. Uh, I actually, back in the day, deep, deep, dark, Delve of uh YouTube, you can find an old channel I used to run. Um, where I literally did a segment called I don't remember what it's called, but like a team that needed a little bit of love. I think it was called like giving love or something. I don't know. Yeah. But like one of the teams I picked was Eastern Washington. This is when Cooper Cup was still there. And I was saying, like, people that aren't paying attention, you're missing literally the guy who's breaking Jerry Rice's records. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to tune in and watch Eastern Washington. So from an yeah. outsider's web, I know it's a good program. Um, I know they have some turmoil going on. I know Eric Berry is probably the best player in the FCS when he's on, and he's still probably a top 15 player in the FCS when he's not. Um, I just think I'm personally, I'm not sold. Aaron best is the guy
0: Bowman. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of feel the same way. Um, I, I Actually, before they played UW last year over in Seattle, they had like a booster event and I went to that and I met Aaron best. and It seemed like a really great guy. Um, but i, I just kind of wonder, uh, you know how you have all that talent and, and not make the playoffs two two years, and then one year you you go out with the national title. I mean you're gonna lose North Dakota state, but it's it's a uh, just the lack of consistency. It's kind of what I see from eastern right now they're they're missing that consistency that's that's what this football program doesn't have is is consistency and even I guess in the and in the coaching positions, we've seen a bunch of coach turnover um. You know, recently and and in the past with with best around um, and his, as his assistant so outside of perspective also they could use more support for spokane they're in the spokane media market um, they play at a high school field um, they have the cheapest stadium renovation plan in the world for what they're going to get out of it and can't seem to find the support for it so that's that's my outsider perspective of, of Eastern football Producer I'm gonna ever? go with
4: the a- bit of a hot take here. I do think Aaron Best is is actually pretty good at his job. Uh, I am also a little bit biased. Uh, I covered the team back when he was the offensive coordinator and the run game coordinator. Uh, he, I think he's a very good coach. Um, I think a lot of the problems are defensively, uh, not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, being the head coach, you're going to be the guy that, that takes the fall for things. But um, I think it, it comes down to getting... Getting some changes on the defensive side of the ball and figuring it out a little bit there. I think his offense is, it's obviously Bo Baldwin's show that he's still just kind of adapted from, but I think that that's a pretty good program. That I, it's tough that, yeah, they've, they've only been to the playoffs once in his three years, but they're a consistently winning program. uh, And that's, that's something I wish I could say about Idaho.
2: Brian? Yeah, similar in that. I know we've we've referenced that best, probably has questions to answer. But even in the years he that Eastern didn't make the playoffs, they were a fringe playoff team. They had absolute reason that a reasonable rationale to expect that they should be one of the last teams in last year. I will say Ryan has talked a couple times saying that Eastern is really hard to gauge. I'm I'm right there too. I'm even looking at last year's box scores. They didn't have a middle ground. They against the bad teams, they just walked all over the bad teams as though it was a power five guarantee game. But then when you look at how Eastern did against, I'm going to call Idaho like the kind of outlier and that like the final score was competitive. But for three quarters of the game, it wasn't competitive. Eastern looked pretty bad against Montana. I was, I, I still make fun of some, some Eastern fans about how Andrew Boston co-dropped like 16,000 passes in Missoula. No idea how that happened. Sacramento State they lose by 21 pretty con- another that was another game where it wasn't particularly competitive and mm-hmm. with when you look at how when Eastern played the bottom of the conference and we say bottom of the conference like five teams tied for last place last year Eastern mm-hmm. just dominated a ton of those games so my I'm really curious about – I don't know how to read this team and, and whether it's that, yes, yeah, the shell of Bill, Bill Baldwin's program that's going to find a new plateau, not as good as they were the last decade, but still pretty good, or whether what we saw is a couple weird breaks on two years sandwich with the championship run makes us look a little bit too critically at the program. But the last question, I last thing that I will always think of, we talk about Eastern sports. I don't know what else they're supposed to do to fundraise. They've been yeah. incredibly good in basketball. They look fantastic in basketball. Like, like they actually could uh, compete first round right now for a potential upset. Football, again, we, we touched on it. They're down years. are years that if Idaho had those down years the last two years, we'd be talking about how we had a successful transition. But still, they have like 5.5 million of that st- stadium renovation raised, and 5 million of it came from one guy. I, I don't know what else they're supposed to do.
0: I know, Brian. They have a there's a fundraiser on this podcast. Who's currently unemployed? That's the that's the trick right there.
3: They took we took one of theirs, and Matt Martin. Maybe they take one of ours. Are you allowed <laughs> to still be on the
0: podcast if you take that job? Hey, I am For really good moral and, and professional. I have movies. really good friends with their associate AD Devon Thomas. So uh, he, he used to work in Idaho back in the day. So how can I not be
3: there? We go. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. We got ice. That's our opinions on Eastern Washington sure. from you know the 77 mile view Um, new segment to the show. Now that we don't have TJ's wing corner, we're going to have a fun little segment called bringing the hammer down Dallas hammer. You get 60, 30 Mm -hmm. seconds to 90 seconds time permitted. So keep it closer to 30 to rant about whatever you want from this episode or whatever.
4: Uh, I don't think we focused quite highly enough on the fact that Mike Beaudry is going to be the quarterback and Mason Petrino is not. And that is enough reason for all of us to celebrate and all of us to get absolutely shithoused this weekend. <laughs> Excuse me. Absolutely drunk this weekend. That's more PC. Uh, I think that is a huge reason to celebrate. I'm trotting that, dr- that dead horse out one last time. This game is going to be a completely different Idaho team than we've seen over the last two years. And, I, for one, am ecstatic about it.
3: I just love how, like, we've put in the the quarterback situation, the FCS thing, to bed, like, eight times a piece, and yet somebody <laughs> still opens the barn door, baby, and brings that thing out every stinking time. Anyways, closing the bar. That was tough at the club. It was a little long, but we have football back, and we're pretty freaking excited about it, as you can probably tell. Um, Ryan, we want to thank you for coming on. How can the people find you? Um or the best ways to?
1: I'm on Fourth Street downtown, Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh No, I uh, find me on Twitter at. I mean, I, I assume I assume if you're watching this podcast, listening to it, you have you have Twitter. You're you're, you're technologically inclined, so uh, it's at sr underscore Collingwood. That's a million letters: C O L L I N G W O O D. At the spokesman review to those who are still reading newspapers, I appreciate the business. Uh, we we appreciate it, but uh, no, guys, I I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. I like I like the way you guys do it. It's pretty fun, and uh, you guys have fun with it. And uh, no one here really thinks we're the next, you know, uh, fo- great football mind. We all know a good amount of football, and we have fun, and you know, I like that. It's it's light. And yeah. uh, people like to take themselves seriously in this, in this day and age. So.
3: And just so you know, we did have to spell it out and put it on the screen for you because we do have a couple Bronco people that just love to follow us. And unfortunately, basic English lit is not something they teach at Boise <laughs> State. So. That's a master's uh, program. Yeah, that's a master's program. Um, Riverside Tech is finest. Uh, you can find me at Chris underscore P underscore Ham. You can find the two last namers at Boatman Alex. At Hammer Dallas, and last but not least, the professor at Brian Marceau. That's M A R C E A U.
2: Brian, real quick update: Hoops
3: dead? Question mark.
2: Of course. <laughs> kind of. So we're we're obviously going to prioritize football because the games are are Saturday. It's going to be essentially impossible to record two instant reaction shows. Dallas and I are going to have a closing the book episode after we lose in the first round of the big sky conference tournament which will be you know great for some people to move on it will be devastating for my twitter followers because just because of talking about idaho basketball there's a segment of the riverside tech fan base that thinks i'm a boise state bronco now i'm not kidding i've had like 10 boise state accounts add me in the last week and uh i'm ecstatic to disappoint them in the next you know (laughs) two months (laughs) <laughs> uh, I
3: freaking love it. Yeah. But Martin will continue to do the women's sports. Um, speaking of that, like down here in Boise, 93.1, the ticket, our friend Johnny ball Games got them churning out Vandal content. So support it. So they keep doing it. Um, we will be next week. We'll be previewing UC Davis. They're going to be shorter than this one. Cause we're only doing previews going forward because live after the game about an hour from the corner club, come have a socially distant tub from uh, well, a few of us, not everybody will be there. Uh, we'll be doing a live reaction show to the Eastern Washington game. So come on by, grab a Montucky, grab a tub. We can't wait to share, hopefully a Vandal victory with you guys or drink away our sorrows over Vandal loss. But with that, It is time for the best band in all the land, The Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals.